0: It's approaching eight fourteen, and the signal there of our radio salon—a much-loved segment, if I may say so myself—one of the uh, the highlights, an opportunity in the week to really delve deeper into some of the subjects that are drawing serious. Attention. Uh, Of course, the general election itself is going to be a a major focal point in the coming weeks. The vote itself on April fifteenth, and we can touch on some of the issues surrounding the build-up. With uh, first of all, let me say good morning to Mr. Jung Hwang, independent legal research with LawCon LLC. Good morning. Morning, Alex. As well as He Jin Ku, former foreign correspondent and research fellow at Korea Peninsula Future Forum.
1: Uh, Good morning.
0: So, Mr. Huang, you're going to start us off today and it's what I've been describing as a threat to freedom of expression or at least a controversy over that.
2: Yeah, uh, basically what it is right now is from a political standpoint, it's a small mini PR disaster for the ruling Minju Party. What happened was that basically the ruling Democratic Party withdrew a criminal complaint against a history professor who criticized the ruling party in a newspaper column. And now this could have been just kind of a minor blip when she originally wrote this column, but because of how the Democratic Party has handled it, basically has become kind of a big egg on their face so just to kind of summarize what happened uh, back in January 29th a history professor by the name of Lim Mir, Miri wrote a column for the for a left-leaning newspaper in South Korea urging the public to vote for parties other than the Democratic Party Uh, Because she felt that the Democratic Party, the ruling party, needs to be held accountable for, among other things, lack of progress made in travel reforms and failure to improve labor conditions. Now, since then, this gradually developed into a PR disaster for the Democratic Party. Uh, as the events snowballed, first, the Democratic Party filed a criminal charge against the professor as well as two editors at the newspaper for election law violation. And then, understandably, there was a huge backlash. And then the party decided to withdraw the charge. And just yesterday, the floor leader of the Democratic Party offered a of basically a you know, full-on apology. And basically, this is an incident that could have been just kind of a blip in the political radar and has it developed into, you know, basically how poorly the Democratic Party handled this particular thing in the past two yeah. weeks.
0: So you said at the outset, it's a PR disaster. Legally, is there any grounds whatsoever for their claim, though?
2: Right. Uh, the uh, one thing to understand is that K- Korean election law is fairly strict and strictly circumscribes, circums- you know, manner and time and place of how you can do, you know, election campaigning. And basically the language that the Professor Lim got, in, uh, got into tr- trouble for is the fact that she said, you know, she b- lays out a criticism of the Democratic Party and says in the upcoming election, vote for parties other than Democratic Party, noting that she herself is a little bit liberal. So technically, you could say that, you know, that that is actually a campaign, political campaigning that is outside the realm of the... But uh, she's not a lawmaker. She's not a lawmaker, but, you know, the, the election law applies to everyone, and she's using a newspaper in order to actually uh, you know, urge people to not vote for, for, for Democratic Party. So technically, it could be an election law violation, but uh, again, there are a couple of issues with that. Even legally speaking, it's a gray area, but especially from the optics point of view, you know, the ruling party bringing the, you know, the justice apparatus against a, uh, against a critic, I mean, it, it just was a horrible look. And but, uh, to be frank, I mean, I I really don't know what the decision makers at the, the Democratic World was thinking about when they thought that they could do this without having a big public backlash.
0: It sounds to me, Hee like we need to have more clarity. Yes, we have strict election laws, but we, ha- we perhaps need to have more clarity as to uh, what's acceptable in society within the context of newspaper editorials. It seems to me like... Right up until the day of the election. Professors and anyone should be able to say what they feel. I mean but then I grew up in a country like Britain where, you know, all the newspapers seem to uh on the day of on, 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 the, on the day of elections seem to be urging you one way or the other. But, exactly. you know, it's just part and parcel of the thing. I You know, we have to accept people are going to have their opinions and they're going Mm -hmm. to be sharing them privately. So why not in the newspaper context?
1: Well, um, in Korea, uh, election rigging was one of the concerns a very, very long time ago. Well, it's not that long ago. um, uh, Before the uh, 1980s or late 1980s and early 1990s, we didn't have a full on democracy. Hence, the, the election laws and strict um, uh, adherence to them is necessary to uphold uh, uh, fair
0: campaigning. The, the, the trouble is you get this circle then, don't you? Because the very thing that's supposed to prevent... A dictatorship can start to look like a dictatorship if, <laughs> if you're then using those laws to prevent freedom of speech.
1: Well, at this point in time, the uh, Moon Jae in administration has to be very, very sensitive to public criticism, especially as uh, the uh, April elections are upon us. Um, and uh, every movement that the, com- uh, that the uh, uh, ruling party makes, uh, is subject to criticism, public and otherwise. Um, and especially at a time when the nation is fighting uh, against COVID-19, as well as other public uh, concerns.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could perhaps talk about COVID-19's impact uh, a little bit later on, as well as uh, a, a different kind of Social development with the success of parasite, <laughs> I know you 're going to be talking about that particularly afterwards um, he Jin but Zhong uh, Huang coming back to you on on this question of of dictatorship it's it 's a casual criticism that 's been thrown around a lot by conservative circles. Pretty much ever since President Moon came in, they expect him to be pro North Korean, and it, for them, I think it's been a self-fulfilling prophecy. Everything he does on North Korea is being viewed in that light, um, and, and they see this as being the judgment on the on the Moon dictatorship. And I, I've often viewed that as being a completely far-fetched criticism. But in this and particular case, is it a sign of being drunk on their own power? I
2: mean. I mean, first of all, as for conservative, uh, you know, criticism of the Moon administration, I mean, all you have to do if you are able to read Korean is just pick up any of, you know, three major conservative news dailies in South Korea and look at their opinions. And there will, I guarantee you, there will not be a day go-, go by where at least, you know, either their column or their you know, newspaper editorial will have something to criticize the Moon administration, sorry. Right? And you know you'll think that you know by to, to by now the administration would have gotten used to the, having that kind of criticism to show this kind of you know, super hypersensitive uh, response. I think it, it, that is actually a bit of a mystery. I mean, what I mean to press a criminal charge against a professor and you know against basically a newspaper, it's not a light decision. Somehow you know people thought about the decision and thought that this was this was a good idea within the Minju Party. Did they not think that there would be a public Public <laughs> backlash. I mean, public backlash came from all walks of the you know, political spectrum, you know, from the conservative voices as well as liberal voices. I mean, to think that they thought that this was okay. I mean, I really, I mean, I have to wonder if they were living in a little bubble right now.
0: Will this seriously damage them for the uh, the general election? Do you think? Um
1: Uh, Not really. Uh, The reason why I think that is, is because um, the opposition party or parties are rather in shambles. So um, for the upcoming April elections, uh, it is very difficult for the opposition parties to pick themselves up. Um, But as Mr. Huang pointed out, yes, it was a PR disaster because it was a reaction rather than a retrospection of themselves and uh, there was no, no thought put into uh, the actions or the reactions uh, on the part of the ruling party.
0: Zhang Huang, the uh, effort to recover from this has also been botched because it's been an apology in in stages led by former Prime Minister Enag Yan, who no doubt has his own political reasons as he's going to be in one of the hotly contested battles of this election.
2: I mean, you know... If you asked any kind of you know PR professional, you know to to apologize once you realize that you debauched something, you, you really need to get ahead of uh, you know, news stories and really you know make the apology count. And basically, what Democratic Party has done is to drag its feet and kind of rolled out a rolling apology and sending out some pe- some people who are not in the party leadership position to apologize. And then finally, yesterday had this you know floor leader, uh, Ian Young actually giving apologies for. A, on a variety of issues. So even apology part, they ha- they didn't exactly hand- handle it correctly to show that, you know, look, we made a mistake, we fully own it, and then we're, we're sorry about that. I mean, th- that's not the kind of message that people got. So, you know, whole the whole decision-making process from the filing of the criminal charges to apology process, I think it kind of shows some dysfunction within the decision-making process within the party.
0: Um jin do you think that uh, this is going to be one of those um, areas of 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 judgment in terms of the candlelight vigils, the, the the revolution that led to President Moon rising to power. That 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 will see a different kind of judgment this this election, i.e., not the judgment that the LKP or now now known uh, as, as something the United compl-
1: Future Party, yeah,
0: the UFP, <laughs> um, now rebranded with uh, the support of two minor. Alliances, but, but not necessarily the judgment that they've been calling for, but more a judgment from people who had higher hopes and more idealistic hopes for the candlelight revolution as this professor in question clearly had.
1: That's uh, actually a very good point because of the candlelight vigils as well as the higher expectations uh, of the public on the ruling party, a very, very strong with extremely strong support from the public. Um, The public has extreme high hopes and expectations for it. And uh, it has to live up to that expectation. And in order to do that, they have to ha- be in a position where they are more magnanimous in dealing with smaller uh, opposition parties, weaker opposition party. Um, and uh, they have to put their thought into uh, making accusations, criminal charges against uh, criticism or against critics that are coming their way left and right.
0: Not that it necessarily matters from the bigger discussion here, but just as a as a side point, as someone who's been a university professor here yourself, Zhang Huang, I'm curious what you think about Professor Im's call. I mean, if she really believes that we should vote for any other party than the Democratic Party. And and let's say we were going to run with that and go for this new conservative alliance. That seems like a massive shot in the foot for whatever she's trying to attain here.
2: Well, she doesn't say it, but based on the issues that she raises in the column, I don't think the LKP or the new, the future UFP. coalition in UFP <laughs> is the choice that she's looking. For. I think she's looking for the more, more progressive parties who are actually push for tribal reforms. And, but they're not likely to win.
0: I mean, the, the only realistically in these polls that the main rival is either going to be this UFP or I mean, you could possibly mount an argument for well, Anshol pro- Su's new central. Proportion- for- uh, at
2: least for the proportional seats. Okay. You know, the, you know, they could say that, you know, okay, Minjoo party will, you know, go head to head with LKP for the all these local seats, but at least the proportional seats, you know, let's give it to the more progressive party so that, you know, whole progressive coalition can tilt more to the left. I think that, you know, if you ask them, Professor Lim, I mean, I don't, I don't know her personally, but based on what she says in the column, I think that's what she will say.
0: You know? Right. Okay. So we shouldn't just simplify it into the everyone but DP argument Uh, but anyway as I said as well whether what she said was right or wrong, uh, the the main point here is the Democratic Party's response. Uh, I mean, uh,
2: what I find it really frustrating for the Minju party, if you think from their political point of view, is that, I mean, this could have been just a one day blip. Yes, a professor criticized, a professor with seemingly liberal bias is criticizing the Minju party on a liberal leaning newspaper. And, you know, you feel bad and it could have been over in one day.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's things being said about the election and Indeed, we've got a major smokescreen in the form of COVID-19, which could have quite easily diverted people's attention as well. We'll get to some of the other main issues affecting this election after your latest hourly bulletin. The time is 8.30. You're listening to EFM's This Morning, and it's our radio salon, as we do every Wednesday. Let me just say hello again to Hee Jin-Koo, former foreign correspondent and research fellow at Korea Peninsula Future Forum. Please stand by and bring us your topic, by the way, in a few minutes. Of course. And also keep contributing to the first topic that we brought in today courtesy of Mr. Zhang Huang Independent Legal Research with on LLC Hello there and, and it was the fallout from this newspaper column that was written by a left-leaning history professor which basically was I think legitimately in the sense of free analysis and freedom of speech criticising the government Um, but seem to fall foul of, uh, or potentially fall foul of election law by calling for people to vote for anyone but the the ruling party, which might seem like an extreme form of advice, but frankly, whatever this uh, person says, and within the freedom of the newspaper's uh, own decision on what it publishes, it's made the Democratic Party look very bad that it initially was going to take legal action and then has, in stages, apologised. So that's where we're at in the discussion so far. We also started to look at um, some of the other questions ahead of this election, generally speaking, like, for example, the Conservative Alliance and how much of a threat it might pose to the Democratic Party. I'm Just perhaps continuing there, Zhang Huang, do you feel that um, this Conservative Alliance does realistically pose... A political challenge, not just with proportional representation seats, which, as you pointed out before, could be quite an interesting battleground because of the law changes.
2: That's right. I mean, unless the Minju party, you know, responds in kind, I mean, potentially, I mean, there could be up to five to 10 seats that, you know, the the coalition could just pick up by the having this proportional seats only party on, on standby, basically. So, you know, I mean, they're digging their heels and, you know, pulling all the stops. And I mean, especially if the Minju party goes through this kind of decision process for, for between now and April. How successful will they be? I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's relatively close, though. I mean, if you were, with this alliance, if you were to divide the National Assembly now, the DP is not, not far ahead. That's right. Uh, so, mm. I mean, it, it, it's the people who sort of, I, I don't want to say you're one of them, uh, Ms. Koo, but before when you were suggesting that the Democratic Party wouldn't necessarily be too hurt by this particular scandal, mm-hmm. uh, anyone who thinks that the DP is safe in this election, um, well, it could be a nervy day. <laughs> on on April 15th?
1: Well, if they are uh, as reactive as they have been in this case, yes, it will be a cause for concern. But I think uh, what Professor Lee was pointing out was that they need a a little bit of a uh, self-introspection as well as uh, a look back on what they can do to improve their chances. Uh, But it is a very rough road ahead if they continue on this road and that was what professor lee was talking about and if they do not uh, if they continue as mr huang pointed out to uh, follow this road of reaction rather than uh, introspection then yes they will be in trouble
0: i think Mr. Huang, we do have a culture still in this country to a certain extent of, of self-censorship at times. So you'll find left-leaning media organizations and right-leaning media organizations enforcing what they think their political uh, superiors, if we can call them that, uh, would want, not necessarily directly. So, So in other words, President Moon or even the DP's leadership might not have their direct fingerprints on this, although it may do or it may not. Um, It could be all levels that that decided, oh, this isn't the kind of thing we want to be reading. Do do we know exactly who would have been responsible for the legal action?
2: I mean, there there are theories and there are some names uh, thrown about by, you know, particularly conservative media, man, and I'm not sure to what extent I believe uh, I can believe or rely on them. And I, I have no personal, you know, inroads in the decision making process in the major party. But you know, pressing char- you know, legal uh, actual criminal charge against a newspaper and a professor is actually g- going to be a potentially explosive issue. And mm-hmm. the fact that. They went ahead and thought that, you know, this would be okay politically. I mean, you know, it just kind of g- g- defies common sense. I mean, you know, d- 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 I mean sh- surely it wasn't one person's decision. There was probably some group of people, some committee. But do they need to take down,
0: responsibility and, and leave?
2: Well, I mean, we don't, you know, nobody has taken personal responsibility for the, the, this decision. And as I pointed out, you know, even the apology came out in a kind of rolling stage, you know, showing that, yeah, I mean, we don't really want to apologize was at least the kind of the uh, impression they gave us. So I think, you know, there are probably a lot of people who are keeping their mouth shut, but think that, yeah, but we should still go ahead with the criminal charge. I think that's kind of, you know, worrisome sign that, you know, some key figures, at least some key figures in the Major party have that mentality.
0: And, and Hee Jin are you worried that in this country, we, we still don't have a particularly strong liberal voice, liberal in the sense of uh, United States liberal or or perhaps even British Liberal, which maybe goes even further, especially in the welfare direction. But, of course, what what it means to be liberal differs massively from one country to the next. It could take on issues like... We've been facing issues like, for example, of transphobia in the military and, and in the university system here, or it could be on issues like welfare. So this is the Democratic Party we're talking about. It's got a responsibility to hold... The true meaning of left-leaning, not just being about unionists and workers' rights, but across the board, the spectrum of what it means to be democratic?
1: Well, ever since uh, full democracy uh, came about uh, during the early 1990s, I think uh, the Korean public hasn't Uh, has tried to stay away from ultra-right or ultra-left. It has been, uh, most parties have been left-leaning or right-leaning. And uh, what we know as liberal, uh, in the sense of US liberal and UK liberal, um, I don't think uh, there there has been much uh, of a um, following popularity uh, in the Korean society. What we do really need to have in this society, uh, just looking back on this issue alone, is a need for um, an acceptance of constructive criticism. Um, And in order to have that, uh, the public as well as the ruling party need to take a step back and look at what they have done right and what they have
0: done wrong. Uh, just as a transition to our next topic, Mr. Huang, can you summarize for us what you think will be the decisive issues ultimately in this general election?
2: Well, I mean, maybe I'm not being very uh, ambitious, but I guess, you know, looking at this full latest full pas from the Minju party, I guess, you know, which parties can minimize their full pass. I think, you know, All major political parties in Korea have, you know, certain defects within their decision-making process by variety of factors and, you know, things will come out that will hurt them. I mean, who will be able to minimize the damage? I mean, somehow I think it's the damage minimization race that's going to go on on between now and April.
0: But ultimately, do you think it might be something slightly less headline-grabbing in terms of scandal like the way people's ordinary lives have been uh, progressing over the last couple of years, like the economy, for I example.
2: Mean, to think there's some kind of, you know, rising tide that will make everyone feel good and vote in a certain way. Will there's something like that happening between now and April? I mean, call me the uh, but pessimistic, but I'm not really holding my breath for right. that. Right.
0: I mean, obviously, the government's handling of COVID-19 is a, is a big factor. Had it been worse than it's been, then that might have been a major problem for the Democratic Party. Actually, I think, South Korea is looking okay out of it. Yeah,
2: I think as, for, as far as the COVID-19 is, despite the criticism that are being poured out, overall, I think, you know, the government is holding power. It hasn't really heard it standing before the pe- pe- uh, people on a particular, that
0: particular issue. But then, Hee jin we have the parasite effect. <laughs> so... I I want to issue a slight disclaimer here. We're talking a lot about Parasite now because it uh, has won all these Oscars and it's done incredible things and got people around the world talking about it. But any potential social impact from it perhaps will be slightly watered down by the fact that South Korean Society enjoyed this movie a long time ago, relatively speaking. And the kind of social commentary that the film provides maybe has faded slightly uh, mm-hmm. uh, compared with uh, if it was just being released right now after winning Oscars for example
1: um, Absolutely um, uh, because of that uh, Oscar win uh f- astounding though it was. quadruple win <laughs> astounding um, it, the fact that uh, lawmakers again uh, conservatives are trying to let's say edge in on the um, uh, win of Parasite the, the limelight um, it, it has come under criticism yet again and um, uh, lawmakers have been shameless in trying to attach itself to Pong Jun Ho and the movie, yes. claiming director Pong as the son of Daegu. And uh, uh, many candidates uh, in the upcoming elections have made uh, pledges such as. Um, they will want. They want to create a Pong Jun Ho cafe alley, or or creating a tour spot for Pong joon Ho's birthplace, or setting up statues and displays to commemorate the movie. Um, but the truth is, uh, conservative conservative lawmakers had criticized Parasite as a leftist movie um, before the Oscar win. Uh, now Hong Jun Pyo, former leader of the main LKP had said earlier he would not watch Parasite uh, calling it a parasitic movie and then Kim moon the former governor of Gyeonggi province and former member of the LKP also derided the film as a quintessential Palgingi communist movie mm. um, <laughs> we don't know whether the um, uh, smaller parties allied to uh, Democratic Party may have learned their political maneuvers from Director Bong Jun-ho. That is what uh, lawmaker Kim said. Uh, Kim Jae-won said, uh, but their actions are definitely parasitic in nature. I mean, we have conservative lawmakers. In droves, yeah. criticizing the movie before the Oscar win, and then after afterwards, it's as if uh, yeah. they did not happen. And
2: oh. just to point out, before all this international claim The Parasite was a mega blockbuster in South Korea, mm-hmm. having more than ten million people even right. seeing it on the big screen. So it was a it was a very popular movie, and despite that, you know, between the Oscar win and that 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 you know popularity, you know, the conservative politicians were saying that, uh, this about the, par- the movie Parasite so it is a big, uh, big, big tonne about as, you know Ms. Ku has pointed out but,
0: Yeah do, but what do you think about this idea that it, it would have had a social impact that lasts going into this election this is the first election since the movie was released of course but but uh, most of the attention lately has been more about the increase in South Korea's soft power the success of a film director the interest in other South Korean movies because of the Oscar success because we've been already talking for months about various different awards, and then months before that about the movie itself. Well...
2: Uh, let, let me put it this way, slightly in you know, a long version. I'm old enough to remember in 2012 when size Gangnam Style was all the craze around the world, and even that actually, you know, penetrated into the political world. And you know, former President Park Geun actually had you know whole you know SNS you know video clips going viral, showing she she dancing to the tune of the you know the size Gangnam Style. Did that really you know help her presidential bid? I mean, she eventually won, and everybody tries to coattail whatever is really popular at the time especially in an international setting and i think that's exactly what's happening but you know on the core issues i mean yeah i mean i think a lot more, many many south koreans are feeling good about the fact that you know the movie has attained uh, so much international acclaim and you know the, you know the politicians are trying to curtail on that but whether they will actually have pulled it ko i'm a little less uh, you know sanguine about that
0: it is kind of ironic though uh, Ms. Koo, and this is a point that I'm repeating, but I think it's probably worth repeating in the context of what uh, Mr. Hwang just said. Both Gangnam Style and Parasite in their own ways uh, are, well, they obviously have negative connotations as well as the positive um, in reflecting on aspects of Korean society that, well, in a satirical way and, and in a, in, a, in a less than glowing way as well. I mean, Gangnam style was a bit more comedic and less dark, obviously. But still, this idea of, of, of people living that kind of lifestyle in Gangnam, uh, it's a private joke for Korea and a catchy song for the rest of the world.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, what we need to also point out is um, director Pung Joon-ho and his works often uh, are satiric, uh, satirical comment. Say, uh, commentators uh, uh commentaries uh, regarding uh the actual realities uh, of the korean society um and uh, uh, parasite was no different it was it is a commentary on the disparity uh between the haves and have-nots and uh the uh the farce of the actually uh, the haves actually not having much at all uh in the end um but uh, if, if that is the case, um, we see lawmakers not addressing that very core message, mm. but concentrating on the effect or the Oscar effect, rather, of the movie. And, that,
0: um, and that's where it sort of smacks of exploitation when they're just jumping on the bandwagon of, of success. And it reminds me of the old saying, jumping the shark. Mr. Huang, which is actually a, a Happy Days reference right. um, for those who aren't familiar with the phrase itself. But basically it's used to, to refer to a, a, a phenomenon when something has been so overplayed and so overdone in terms of people's uh, response to it that, it that it starts to feel like it's old hat. I'm not saying Parasite itself is in that category, but the bandwagon is looking a little tired now.
2: Well, it's very crowded, right? I mean, I mean, politicians on all spectrums is trying to sort of get in on it and saying that can we squeeze something out of this, you know, to you know, reach out to people, just like you know, you know, Pak danced to the, the size Gangnam style. So, I mean, I I I guess you know, politicians are opportunistic and you know they have to do whatever they can to connect with the voters between now and April. So, to a certain extent, I don't blame them, but at the same time particularly about you know given the fact that some of these conservative po- politicians have have you know really put down the movie originally and Bong joon himself if you remember was you know blacklisted during yeah. the la- 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 last administration it's uh, I mean that I think it does go, go into the territory of hypocrisy
0: well this is all relevant pr potential for the democratic party actually and for other minor parties as well to to make these points um, in a way that doesn't look necessarily like bandwagoning. It, it looks more like a, a response to bandwagoning. But if we were to draw up a caricature, Ms. Koo, we might sort of imagine the, the coattails having been severed or torn off <laughs> some time ago and, and picture some of these conservative lawmakers on the ground with those coattails only gripped in their hands and uh, and the actual... <laughs> Coat itself some way off in the distance uh riding into oscar 's success, along perhaps with some corporations that have jumped on board as well uh, and, and and just anyone with a career connection
1: <laughs> yeah um uh, the famous one i guess the uh, the um positive spin I guess is actually from on the um instant noodle right mixing.
0: <laughs> A certain—it's not just any old instant noodle, right? Mm-hmm.
1: It's just uh,
0: one of the uh, something very that
1: well, the translator actually called it ramudong. Uh, one uh, ramen which uh, looks like an udon actually, and the other one actually looks like jjajangmyeon. Uh, a uh, mixed together with that, they are, uh, they call it japaguri. Um, apparently, that is being uh, touted as the uh, a reborn craze uh, uh, in the uh, social media circles. <laughs> have you so, tried
0: this, by the way?
2: I, n- I have not, but you know, I mean, it, it is a you know basically a mixture of the two ramen brands of certain ramen maker in Korea, and I'll I'll note that the stock price of the company has actually jumped since the uh, the Oscar win by Parasite, you know.
0: Yeah, well, so. the, and I, I spoke to some people, because I've never tried this, but I spoke to some people who said they've been doing it for a while, um, but long before Parasite was uh, released, and apparently, you know, a celebrity, these, these I guess the whole mockbang craze has brought it to light, but celebrities eating food on screen mm-hmm. were already doing this. Right. But, but, so Parasite itself was actually drawing on something that was happening. It didn't just invent that. Uh, we got some messages. Let's get to these. QNRL007. Um, Always a great name to read out. I really hope uh, politicians don't build any of the museums and statues they've pledged to build. Reminds me of the hand statue in Gangnam representing the Gangnam style dance, which is kind of an eyesore. <laughs> and um, also, I'm kind of curious about what the sites where Parasite were filmed look like and would go on that tour. But at the same time, if I was a resident in the area, I wouldn't really appreciate visitors. Uh, thank you for the, the mention there. I mean, there is a difference here. And I completely understand the Career Tourism Organization, by the way, uh, and both of you can comment on this. But I think, uh, in, in terms of the foreign interest, that's very fresh. It makes perfect sense to try to to draw some people in. Yeah,
2: I mean, there were lots of precedents around the world. For example, New York City used to have, and I think it still does, have a uh, Sex and the City tour, and the uh, you know, City of Paris in France used to have, you know, Da Vinci. Uh, uh, the, uh, the Da Vinci Code tour too. So, you know, uh, if there are not enough tourist interest, why not? I mean, you know, whatever you can to, you know, in, uh, increase tourist uh, interest. But as for the Gangnam Style statue, yeah, I mean, that statue is something that Tsai himself thought that was too much. But, you know, you know, politicians, politicians will do whatever, whatever they can. As they said, the bandwagon, effect. fact.
0: Um, do you want to say something? that yep. Yeah,
1: um, just to point out, and in response to that uh, message, uh, text message, uh, as director Bong pointed out, 90% of that film was uh, uh, actually filmed on location. Uh, sorry, not location, on sets that they built themselves. So the poverty house as well as the rich house, they built themselves. And it was demolished on the day of the film wrap.
0: But uh, people can still go and experience the Panjiha no, living experience. actually, no. no. I mean, somewhere else.
1: Somewhere else. That's what
0: I mean. What I mean is that is something that's real in Korea. Yes, that but, kind of housing.
1: But would you really want uh, somebody to go into a panjiha that you're living in? Um, no. Again, I'm again. saying if
0: they want the full authenticity, they can pay the <laughs> the rent to go and live there, perhaps for a few months. Christopher Wilber's got in touch though on a serious note, saying has the government done anything to address the situation of the the panjihas? I mean, actually, I'd like to also ask both of you to answer that, but also um, make the point that, like on the show, we have interviewed people living in worse conditions than that. In, mm. for example, the Yongdenpo area. Uh, we also interviewed a very elderly woman who was not, she was living above ground in an individual tiny shack, really, mm-hmm. with no running water.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and uh, so...
1: <laughs> no personal toilet even. So No right? personal
0: toilet. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, the point being that you know, this is bad, but it is not the worst mm-hmm. that our society has to deal with right now. Mm-hmm. And I've lived in a half basement before. That was actually quite nice, mm-hmm. apart from the mould issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we should use these terms carefully and, and recognise the broad spectrum of poverty right now. But, mm-hmm. but the government on that question, doing something about it, that's got to be an election issue. If this movie is going to have a real impact,
2: I mean, as far as I know, no one has actually specifically pointed, uh, you know, brought out the Punjab as a as an issue because, as as you've pointed out, there are far worse living situations mm. in general. I mean, you know, I, I think rather than picking that one issue, you know, kind of addressing the poverty in general is the right way to go.
0: And a final word from you, Ms. Koom.
1: Well, um, on that or anything. Well, Panjiha is not a, let's say, a um, uh, signal of actual pro- poverty, as you pointed out. Um, um, uh, young couples actually prefer living in Panjihas because um, they're cheap, actually.
0: Well, also, I, I sort of appreciate the fact that I could uh, have my kids run around and not worry about the downstairs neighbors.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs>
0: But, uh, but still, of course, there are Bungee Houses and then there are Bungee huts, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and it's the overall poverty thing, a word that we're all familiar with, mm-hmm. that hopefully the, the parties will take notice of going into this election and stop searching for those coattails which are some way back the, the road. Uh, thank you both of you for joining us. A pleasure with our radio salon. Thank,
2: thank you.